Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi everyone, it's Nick, and welcome to Scale Up Your Business for this week. Today is Entrepreneur in Focus again, and I am delighted to have on the show Dr. Bill Dorfman. Now, you may have heard of him because he's pretty much the world's most famous dentist, certainly Hollywood's most famous dentist. He's been called the Michael Jordan of dentistry. And he's worked literally on celebrities such as Katy Perry, Usher, Anthony Hopkins, Fergie, Hugh Jackman, Jessica Simpson, Mark Wahlberg, Eva Longoria. I could keep on going on and on. He's uh, been featured on ABC's show in America, hit show Extreme Makeover. And he is currently a recurring guest co-host on uh, the CBS Emmy Award daytime talk show, The Doctors. So hugely, hugely famous guy. He's been on Oprah. He's been on E! Entertainment Tonight, Larry King Live. And he is a massively successful entrepreneur. So he's the founder of Discus Dental, one of the world's leading dental companies. He helped lead the company from its inception to more than $1.3 billion in sales, primarily with award-winning tooth whitening products such as Zoom and Brightsmile. He's had a heap of Lifetime Achievement Awards. Uh, He's been in the Guinness Book of Records twice, uh, New York Times bestselling author. I could go on and on and on, but he's also the founder of a fantastic nonprofit called the Leap Foundation. And Leap is a week-long motivational leadership program taught at UCLA every summer to more than 400 students aged between 15 and 25. So He's more than just a dentist. As I said, he's an author, entrepreneur, philanthropist, TV personality, health and fitness enthusiast. In fact, we get into some abs and you know the guy's over 60 and has a six pack or an eight pack as he describes it better than most. He's also the proud father of three daughters. So the reason, you probably got it, the reason that we have Dr. Bill on today is that he has done a heap of different stuff and scale up your business is not just about scaling up your business, it's about scaling up your life. And uh, this is a guy who's taken every opportunity that has been put in front of him. Interestingly, I asked him on the show, I said, you know, what are the best lessons you've learned in your business career? And he said two things and you'll get this. He said, number one, don't wait for opportunities, make them. And number two, when you do get an opportunity, don't just take it, master it. Great advice. So without further ado, I am very delighted to have on Scale Up Your Business for this week, celebrity dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. Hi, everybody. It's Nick here, and welcome to another episode of Scale Up Your Business. I am delighted to have with me today, Dr. Bill Dorfman. See, he is, he is celebrity dentist to the stars. But we're going to get into a lot more things than that today. So, Dr. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nick. I love your creative background. You know what? Everyone comments about this. They say I look like a bit like Sinead O'Connor because all you see is you see the teeth, which we can get into, and then you just see this kind of hairline. Yeah. (laughs) It's not quite as elegant as yours. Um, For all the listeners here, we're, we're, we're sort of sitting, if you like, virtually in Dr. Bill's amazing office. 
And yeah, I no, this is all fake. We're in Hollywood. <laughs> I, it's actually a green screen. Those aren't ten foot fish behind me. No, it looks fantastic. Well, listen, let's get into it. So you have, um, and I'm going to get this, you have transformed the smiles, as we say, of some pretty well-known celebrities. So to name some, you've got Anthony Hopkins, Usher, Hugh Jackman, who I love, being an Australian, uh, Jessica Simpson, Mark Warburg, heaps. Um, who, who's got the best teeth? You. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. That's a, that's a massive compliment. No, just joking around. What I want to get into today, Dr. Bill, is um, you've obviously had an amazing career, one of the best dentists in the world, um, entrepreneur, uh, philanthropist, author, um, massive into health and fitness, TV personality, all sorts of stuff, father, all that. How do you do it all? How do you find the time to do all of that? You know, you need to hire really great people. Honestly, I couldn't do what I do without a team. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's hard to ask for help. You know, you feel like you need to do everything. You can't do everything. It's just not possible. You know, this interview with me and you right now wouldn't happen without four people. You know, Nicole sets it up. You know, Todd Armstrong, who I've been working with, with John. I mean, there's a whole team that make me do what I do. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, there are things in my life that I do really well. And there's things like that I don't do well at all. Like, I can't cook. With this whole Corona thing, I started cooking. Look, I burned my, oh, you can't. I, I mean, I, the first day, I like burned myself, <laughs> right? So I don't cook. I either like buy prepared food or if I have a party, I hire a cook, you know, and it's just, you know, Sinet is amazing. She runs my dental practice. Nicole is amazing. She runs my personal life and all of my, you know, activities that I do. Charlie and James are amazing. They run the Leap Foundation. You know, and I have a great lawyer and I have, you know, my ex-wife, Evelyn, and I are best friends. She runs my family. So, I mean, there are different people in my life that run things and and that's how it all works. And that's how yeah. we kind of make things happen. Yeah. I mean, I often say people sometimes ask me, what's the definition of scale up? And I say it's the ability to work with other people. It's the ability to lead. It's the ability to come. Because, you know, if you think about it, if you start a business, you know, you can do that as one person in the garage or two people in the in the frame of Google. But if you're going to scale it, you know, you have to be able to have people that buy into your vision, et cetera, et cetera. So I 100% agree. I heard a really smart thing years and years ago, and I bought in. And it's like when you hire people to work with and for you, you need to be happy 80% of the time and let the other 20 go. Because no one's going to do everything exactly the way you do it. Just won't happen. So if you're so compulsive that you're expecting everything to happen absolutely the way you're going to do it, you're going to always be disappointed. So you really have to kind of create a threshold and say, if 80% of what I want to get done gets done the way I want it, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, you can't be... A perfectionist in terms of making sure because you know because other people have got different ways of doing it and they also say 
what's that famous quote? You don't hire people, um, excellent people, and then tell them what to do. You know, in terms of you've got to kind of let them, you know, do it in their way. And I always say also that um, people have got a zone of genius. Like there's stuff that you will get energy from doing. There's stuff that I love doing, and right. there's stuff that will suck the life out of you. And I always find that I try and get people who love doing the stuff that I hate to come and do that. And that's that's one of the other tips of scale. Yeah, perfect. Cool. So let's get into some of the stuff you do. So how, firstly, how do you go from obviously an amazing career as a cosmetic dentist? How do you move from that into sort of entrepreneurship? Because you've not only done that, you've also had businesses, you've, you've innovated. How, did, how does the bridge of those two things work? Well, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I run a program every summer called LEAP. It's a motivational leadership program for high school and college kids. This will be the first year in 13 that LEAP is going to be virtual. It's not going to be in person. So if you have any followers or followers that have kids that are 15 to 25 plus, have them go to on our website. It's www.leapfoundation.com. And they can find out about the program, and it's phenomenal. And I've had, uh, well, in the past, I've had Mark Wahlberg, um, I, I've had Usher, I've had Eva Longoria, Michael Strahan, um, Apollo Ono. Um, I mean, on and on and on. And we, we, I mean, we get these great, great, great speakers come. Kathy Bates, Paula Abdul. I mean, it's amazing. And we basically teach kids skills to be successful in life. And one of the most important skills I teach kids, and I've used this over and over and over again in business, is copy genius. Why reinvent mediocrity when you can copy genius? So let's start with dentistry, okay? I graduate dental school. I go to Switzerland. I did a two-year residency. I come back. I'm dirt poor, completely broke. I have nothing. I came from nothing. I have nothing. I need a job and I need, I, I need to work. So what was the first thing I did? I found the five most successful dentists in Beverly Hills. I called them up and I said, can I come shadow you? That wasn't even a thing back then. Like today I have hundreds. In fact, most of them come from the UK. I think it's part of the dental curriculum is that they have to go observe. But I have hundreds of kids come. So this wasn't even a thing back then. Like it wasn't even formally called shadowing. It was, can I come observe? So I went in and I, and I watched these. They were all men at the time, but they all said the same thing to me. They said, you know what, Dr. Bill, you're different than other students that come in here. Well, I always knew I was different. I was a weird kid growing up anyhow, but I'm like, what do you mean? Well, when most students come in, they just kind of sit by the chair and watch me do didactic dentistry, right? You don't do that. Like, I didn't do that. I came in there like a sponge. I wanted to see how they brought the patients in. What were the intake forms? How did they talk to the patient? How did they bring them into the treatment room? How did they present the treatment? How did they go over the fees? How did they get them to you know, actually accept the treatment? Then how did the dentist perform the treatment? And then I followed the patient out to see you know, how they collected money and how they set up the next visit. Like I wanted the whole thing soup to nuts, not just like, let me watch you drill teeth. You know, and, you know, I then took what those five guys did and put it all into one practice. Well, guess what? 
Within two years, my practice was twice as busy as theirs because I just looked around to see what other successful people were doing. And then my goal was try and do it better or as you say, better. Better. So, That's what we do. We do it. So, you, so you've taken, so let's just be clear on this because I like to unpack stuff. I like it to be practical for the listeners too. So you've literally looked at kind of what you thought was the best at the time in various components of this, you know, everyone coming into a practice, um, customer service, the whole piece, all that. And then you've taken the bits that are good, put it together, mixed it up and improved certain areas and created your own version of that. Right. And that's awesome. how we grew. That's how we grew Discus Dental. Discus Dental became, I invented Zoom, tooth whitening. Yeah. Otherwise, I was going to say, yeah. Zoom. Congratulations, your share but, price today is high. <laughs> I know. I invented the wrong Zoom, but, but nevertheless, I invented Zoom. So Discus Dental became the largest tooth whitening company in the world. It was crazy. I was doing tooth whitening, and you weren't even born, 1987. It just well, I started. was born. I was old, too. You see, I look young. I'm 45, though, so, you know, that's why I'm, I'm you know. Ah, uh, you were three, whatever. So anyhow, <laughs> so, you know, and the first whitening products were crummy. They, they, I mean, they were cheap looking. They, they, they came in a plastic bag for God's sake. I mean, it was, it was really, you know, and this is a weird thing too in my life that recurs over and over. Every time I do something philanthropically, I end up like making great connections and making a lot of money from it. So ah, we're, we're going to come back to that, quick, but keep going, keep going. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a, a quick little anecdotal story. It's hilarious. I, so you and I are both big fitness fanatics. So I'm at the gym all the time, right? I'm at the gym. Some lady walks up to me and says, Hey doc, um, would you like to help raise money for children's cancer research? Yeah, sure. She said, you are a dentist, right? I'm like, yeah. She goes, and you're single, right? I'm like, yeah. She goes, well, we're doing a bachelor auction. We'll have a thousand women and they, we're going to sell 10 men. Now, I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's ridiculous, but whatever. Okay, the bachelor auction was humiliating, granted. But what happened was the guy in line next to me has become my lifelong best friend. His name's Robert Heyman. His father was Fred Heyman, who created Beverly Hills. And Robert had an MBA. He grew up in the marketing. Fred created cosmetics, um, Giorgio Cosmetics 273 and all this. So he knew how to manufacture and run businesses, and he knew advertising. I knew advertising, and I knew dentistry. We put that together. We created the biggest whitening products in the world. And we grew that business from zero to $1.3 billion. How'd we do it? I just looked around and I saw, you know, what other whitening companies were doing and we did it better and better and better. And we grew that market and grew that market. And our goal was not just to create products. We created category killers. Now, as we started doing that, another thing happened. I realized I was completely useless in business, like useless. I knew dentistry, I knew teeth, I knew advertising. I couldn't read a spreadsheet to save my life. So what I do, this is the other thing. If I only get kids to walk out of leap with two things, I feel like I did my job. Number one, don't wait for opportunities. 
make them. If I meet another millennial who's telling me that they're waiting for the universe to do something, I want to just shake them and say, have you looked at the news lately? The universe is pretty busy and they don't care about you, right? You need to care about you. And number two, when you do get an opportunity, don't take it. Massive. Oh, okay. Let's get into that. I, li- I like both of those. Okay. But for the first one, I, I li- master it. So okay. here's the thing. I didn't know business. So I can either sit there and be an idiot in our board meetings or do something about it. What I do, I went back to school. So I worked all day long as a dentist. And then I took night classes at UCLA Extension to learn accounting and bookkeeping and all the things that I needed to actually be useful in our board meetings because I felt like an idiot sitting there. And same thing happened when I got on ABC's Extreme Makeover. Listen, I was not born to be in front of a camera. Like that was not my calling. I honestly feel I was put here to be a dentist. And, And that's my real comfort zone. When I watched the first few episodes of ABC's Extreme Makeover, which was like, I was the first dentist on primetime TV ever. You have to understand, dentistry never got like great play in the media, like Little Shop of Horrors, Marathon Man. I mean, all bad. Here I am, I'm on primetime TV on ABC in the US, and I'm watching it going, I'm horrible. I mean, like, like I was so bad. My sweet little grandma who passed away, she never said a bad thing to anybody. And after the first episode, I called her and said, Granny, how'd I do? She said, you are very skinny. I'm like, no. I, I mean, like, how was the show? Honesty. <laughs> I'm telling you, very skinny. Like, that's the best thing she could but say. But you know what? But Dr. Bill, this doesn't make sense, right? Because, you know, you're not just a dentist. Right. Right. So, so the, the, you've done, I, I'm looking here at a piece of paper, well, digital paper, of all this cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you something. The reason why is because when every time I realized that I really stunk at something, Instead of just feeling bad for myself, what I do, I took acting classes, hosting classes, teleprompting classes. I hired the woman who works with the kids on American Idol as a media trainer, and I had that lady beat me up. Like she would do mock interviews, and she'd hit me in the head. They put your head. I mean, she like she was she was radical. But you know what? With time, I got better and better and better. And the goal was I wanted to be the best version of me that I could be because that translated to sales. Listen, before ABC's Extreme Makeover, our company had steady growth, 2 million, 8 million. And we plateaued at like 75 million. And we just couldn't break that barrier. There were Crest White Strips and all these over-the-counter OTC products. The year I went on Extreme Makeover, we went from 76 million to 101. The next year, 135, and the next year, almost $200 million in sales. So it paid off. And and that's my biggest takeaway for business owners is, listen, we're not all great at stuff, but the stuff that you can't hire other people to do, go get good at it. Take classes, yeah, okay. get trainers. That's get a great coaching. lesson. 
That's a great lesson because, you know, that's, that's something I think people don't do. They try, they do the first thing. They try and hire people, right, to bring that in. But in terms of mastery, in terms of, you know, what well, this is going to make a, a demonstrable difference to what I'm trying to do, a lot of people just try and wing it. They're not prepared to put in the effort. And I kind of want to get into the sort of what you said around that. How do you, if you're thinking about LEAP and you've got, as you said, 400 students, what, every summer between 15 and 25, is that right, that sort of age group? Right. You know, and there's a massive shift, generational shifts. How do you get that point across? How do you, how do you deliver that message so they hear it? You know, it's do the work, really, you know, isn't it? It's- I mean, basically, like I said, one of the key things we teach students at LEAP is copy genius. How do I do it? I bring in great speakers, you know, Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins. Well, hopefully I'll get Elon Musk to come this year. I want to get my patient Katy Perry to come. And these people all have really exciting personal stories. And hopefully these students will emulate that, you know. We also teach them to work with mentors. So a big part of the program on Friday, we have what's called a mentor workshop where we pair the students. And this year we'll do it virtually. We can create small chat rooms on Zoom. So you'll go into a chat room and you'll meet with a mentor. And, you know, we bring in doctors and lawyers and actors and screenwriters and you name it. And the kids get an opportunity to really talk to these people firsthand and see, you know, what were your challenges? How did you overcome them? How did you grow your business? I mean, it's pretty powerful. I mean, we literally say this program gives kids a seven-year head start. And I know you're going to ask me this, so I'll just answer it. Why do I do it? I'll tell you why I do it. He who gives receives the greatest gift. For me, this is my favorite part of life, you know? And, you know, if you become incredibly successful in business and you don't give back, shame on you, you know? That's the beautiful thing. All these guys, Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, Eva Longoria, we don't pay any of them. They all come and participate because like me and like you, you know, they believe that our future is in the youth of our, of our countries and we need to you know, promote that. We need to give back to these kids. So the cool thing about LEAP is that 60% of the kids who come come on scholarship. We go out and we find great kids like, you know, A and B students that have the potential to really excel. And then we teach them the skills that they need to be the best version of themselves. Yeah, it's amazing. And it works. The thing, the thing I've found is that the gift of, of personal growth and contribution tends to lead to the highest levels of fulfillment, right? So people who have... Yeah, because, you know, you, you've, you, you've talked about yourself, your own thing, about your own um, mission, if you like, to be the best version of yourself. I always find that if you're on that pathway, on that journey, you want to inspire and help others achieve the same. Yeah, and if you can Let do both those things, question. it's great. Yeah. How old are your kids? Young, eight and five. Eight and five. So mine are 22, 22, and 27. And I'll tell you why Leap works. I have three daughters. They're amazing. If I tell my girls to do something, they're not going to do it. <laughs> I've, got two, I've got two daughters, trust me, and I'm, I'm at the other right. end of that spectrum. <laughs> All right. Now, if you're an expert in a field and you tell them to do something, they might do it. But if five of their best girlfriends tell them to do something, guess what happens? They, oh, do, they it. do it. Have you right. heard of that? Yeah, the, the, the whole peer group and network, yeah. That's why LEAP works. 
the first thing we do, we take these kids, we put them in a group with other kids their age that become like their mastermind group. We teach them masterminding. And the cool thing about Leap is when we're done with that first week, we're not done. Like we check in with these kids for the whole year until the next leap. So we have a, 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 an enormous track record of success with these kids. It's pretty Amazing. phenomenal. I understand why you do it, but what was the spark? Where did it come from? Where was the idea first founded? You know, it's funny. Um, 20 years ago, we got this weird phone call, Robert and I, from a group of dentists called the Crown Council. And basically, they had an idea. They said, we want to do a fundraiser where patients come in, they pay a discounted fee, they whiten their teeth, but instead of paying the dental office, they donate the money to Smiles for Life. Would you guys sell us your whitening product, because we have the number one product on the market, at your cost? I said, we'll get back to you. 15 minutes later, we called back. We said, no, we'll give it to you. They said, no? I said, yeah, we'll give it to you. They're like, no, come on. No, we said, well, we did. To date, we've raised $44 million for children's charities. Wow, Garth that's Brooks awesome. and I went out and we did um, public service announcements, PSAs, on all the free radio shows and whatnot. And we got massive amounts of people to come in and do this. We've raised $44 million. This same group of dentists had something they called dental boot camp. Because about 30 years ago, the creator realized dentists don't know how to run a business, which is true. They don't teach you that in dental school. So that's kind of where this whole dental boot camp came. And then they said, wow, there should be something like that for kids. And we started a program called Eagle University. And I would come as a guest speaker. Well, 15 years ago, the creator of all this passed. And I thought, you know, this program can't die. So I resurrected it, and that's how we started Leap. And we started as a nonprofit, and this would be our 13th year live. Unfortunately, we're not going to be at UCLA this year. We will be next year, but we're going to do it virtually. And my goal, just like we did at Discus Dental, was, you know, I didn't create products. We created category killers, right? My goal is to set the new gold bar, this new standard for online motivational educational programs for the kids in this age range. And we've already got signed up. I've got Dennis Quaid. I've got um, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Paula Abdul. <laughs> um, I'm talking to Katy Perry's people, to Elon Musk people. Um, I also have Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls confirmed. Oh, and I have two of the singers from Pentatonix. Um, kids love them. They're awesome. So it, it's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome program. So when does it run, um, Dr. Bill? When do you have it? It runs July 20th to the 25th. And again, they can get information if they go online at www.leapfoundation.com. Yeah, great. Or go on my Instagram. Uh, I'm always posting stuff and clips from Leap. And my Instagram's super easy. All my social media is the same. It's Dr. Bill Dorfman, Dr. B-I-L-L-D-O-R-F-M-A-N. Yeah, we'll make sure we put all of that into the show notes for people. But just so I'm clear, anyone can apply. Obviously, it's not just a U.S. thing. Anyone can apply for it, particularly now it's virtual. 
Yeah. The cost this year will be $449 for the whole week and the whole year afterwards. So that's great. um, And you know what else is cool? So all of these people that I have come speak at least, I have on my podcast. So I have a podcast called Meet the Mentor. And who knew it would explode? I didn't, well, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I didn't know the podcast world when I started, but when you start off with Mark Wahlberg and Anthony Hopkins and Paul Abdul, you tend to get a lot of followers. So it's, it's been pretty exciting. You know the expression, the Midas touch, Dr. Bill. <laughs> I've heard Isn't it. it. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that you seem to touch. <laughs> that, I mean, you've got Guinness Book of Records. We're not even getting into that- all this other stuff. One of those things that's related to the Midas touch that I tell my kids all the time and they don't like it is, you know what the, you know what the new golden rule is, right? No, what's that? He who, ha- he who has the gold makes the rules. Is that new? I think people have said that for years. <laughs> <laughs> I say that to my kids all the time. They don't like it. Yeah, but the, you know, it's funny. I always look, whenever I have people on the show, I always look for, look for the nuances in the conversation. So as I'm asking you questions, I'm actually just listening to, to the kind of side notes of what you're saying. And there's a whole heap of lessons here for people in terms of, you know, you haven't just got lucky. You know, where, you, where you've had opportunities, you've gone at it, you've kind of improved yourself all the way through the process. You understand the difference between achievement and fulfillment around contribution. Because I often say people who have wealth, right, in, in the traditional sense, it's because they've helped a lot of people. They've gone out there and they've, they've genuinely helped people without so, expectation. And it, and it does. It shows up. I'll tell you something else that I tell kids at Leap, and it's a real epiphany for them. I never fail. And I'm not saying it in a cocky mm-hmm. way. I, I'll tell you why. If I do something and it doesn't come out the way I expect it to, that's not failure. That's practice. Yeah. And then you do it again and again and again until eventually you succeed. So you really only fail when you quit. If you don't quit, you don't fail. You're still practicing. So, I, I mean, it's a conscious choice. You never have to fail in life if you don't want to. You just have to make things work out and be patient. And, and that's I think one of the most important lessons that, that I teach at LEAP is, you know, don't look at an unsuccessful attempt at something as failure. Look at it as a learning experience to grow, change, and then eventually you'll succeed. Yeah. No, I love that message. I believe in that too. You only fail at something if you give up. Yeah. Otherwise, you're right. right at something. Listen, let's... um. I mean, that's great. So the Leap stuff's fantastic. I'm going to make sure that um, my listeners know all about that. So thank you for sharing. And, and, and literally, congratulations on the success you've had with it. That's a great initiative. And I, I'm a massive believer in if you can get into people's heads, the mindset as well as the skill set at an early age, it can transform things. So that's great. But I want to pivot because before, before we um, started recording, you, know, you were um, very kindly sharing with me um, some uh, images from GQ magazine here in the UK of of, an, of a six-pack. <laughs> what, what do you mean a six-pack and eight-pack? Right, it was an eight-pack, a 10-pack. <laughs> no, a 12-pack. Um, so so we, 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 won't, we won't sort of, you know, share Dr. Bill's age on the podcast, but let's just, let's just say this guy's looking pretty darn good. Oh, um, no, we can share it. I'm 61 and I'm proud. Listen. There you go. A, good. I think I'm the oldest guy that ever got a fitness feature in GQ magazine. Wow. Okay. It's, it, and it's impressive. I encourage everyone to go and do a little bit of a uh, Googling on, the, on Dr. Bill's eight pack. Um, 
Um, but let's talk about it because I talk a little bit about um, around the importance of energy and physicality in business, actually, because, you know, the ability to show up and perform at your best, that's a big part of it. So because you're in such good shape and it's a big part of who you are as well, can you just share with us kind of, you know, your beliefs around health and fitness and those things as well, please? Yeah, you know, I was always an athlete as a kid. I was a swimmer. I played sports. And then I started dental school. And what I realized very early on, dentistry is a very, very physically demanding profession. In fact, I've been practicing close to 40 years, right? 80% of my class is retired. And not because they wanted to. They've got back problems, neck problems, shoulder problems. So early on, when I started practicing, I was always having like this pain right here. And, you know, I thought, my gosh, how am I going to practice all these years with, you know? And so I did some research and I started working out. And I realized that the more I stretched and the more I worked out, the better I felt and the pain went away. And literally, if, if I go more than two days without exercising, I can't practice dentistry. I just can't. I, I, it, it becomes almost debilitating. And so for me, it wasn't about like trying to look good or it, it wasn't anything like that. It was really, I just wanted to stay fit and healthy so I could do what I really love, which is, you know, serve people and do dentistry the way I do it. And um, as a result, I've spent a lifetime working out and, you know, it's, it's, it's really helped. I mean, look, I'm 61. I have more energy than most 20 year olds. It's funny. My ex-girlfriend has a son. I'm like a dad to him. His father passed when he was a kid and um, his name's Edward. And I, I, Edward's 18. I took Edward skiing. So we go skiing like all day and I ski hard and he skied hard. We get home, I'm like, Edward, grab your gym shorts. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, we're going to go to the gym now. He goes, are you crazy? I'm going to sleep. <laughs> so he went to sleep. Dr. Bill skied eight hours and then went to the gym and worked out. There you go. <laughs> I can see some, some degree of, uh, of, of, I'm not going to call it overachievement because I don't believe in that as a concept, but there's, there's a high achievement um, uh, part of your DNA, Dr. Bill. <laughs> well, I mean, you want to see something hilarious? I'm just going to flip this camera around. So I don't know if you could see that. There, See that? My pull-up bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was that's all the fake the, backgrounds. I thought we were on, yeah, on fake Zoom. That's the, uh, that's <laughs> the, that's the, 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 the tower of power. I, as soon as we got quarantined, I went online and I bought that thing. Now, it's only 125 bucks. It took three and a half hours to assemble. There you go. Well, your challenge for the week is to go and listen to um, David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me, and break his 4,000 uh, pull-up record in 24 hours. How's that sound? He did 4,000 pull-ups. I uh, do. It's, I it's do, ridiculous. <laughs> Something like I do that. 100, anyway. I, I do 100 a day. That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> well, listen, it's been great having you on. I've got two more questions to finish with today, if that's all right. Um, so first question, because I always like people's answer to this. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? So I don't have a lot of mentors in my life. I wish I had more. I had one great one, really great. We lost him a few years ago. His name was Jeff 
Golub Evans. He was an amazing artist and dentist and just one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. And he was the past president of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. And I mean, I could go on and on and on about how he impacted my life and the things that he taught me. But one day he said to me something that was so riveting. He said, what are you gonna do, drill teeth all day? And the reason that that happened was that's all I did. I mean, I worked like a machine. I get in the morning at eight o'clock and I'd be like working till five, six, seven o'clock at night every day. And he wanted me to, to go do this thing. I'm like, Jeff, I can't, I have work. He said, what are you going to do? Just drill teeth your whole life? And I'm like, my gosh, you're right. You know, I mean, there, I just, I never, like, I never thought, you know, of anything else. So, I mean, that was a, a real epiphany for me. And another big epiphany I had actually came from Oprah. And, um, you know, when you're on a, a talk show like The Tonight Show or Ellen or Rosie or any of these shows, they, they sit you in a little room and they interview you. They have a producer talk to you for like an hour. And then they'll pick little bits and pieces of what you talked about. And then you'll do that in your six or 12 minute segment, right? There's only two times that doesn't happen. Well, in my life, Larry King Live and Oprah. Larry King Live is scary because not only is it live, it's live worldwide, right? So that's scary. And you never know what Larry's going to ask you. Oprah is how we film the doctors. It's called live to tape. So they film it. So it looks like it's a live show, but it's actually taped. And then they, they play it later. This was like 2004. And Oprah says, Dr. Bill, your career is so unlike any other dentist. What inspires you to think outside the box? Now, the crazy thing is that phrase wasn't even popular yet, and I had never even heard it. And when she said it, my true and honest answer was, Oprah, what box? And, there you go. I, and she just laughed. I'm like, was I supposed to be in a box all this time? Like, uh, you know, and, and I think that that's been, look, I was always a weird kid. Like all, uh, uh, my first day of, of kindergarten, I came home, I'm five years old. And my folks are like, like, okay, Dr. B no, they called me Billy then. They're like, Billy, how was school? I'm like, mom, dad, the kids in my class are so immature. I'm five. Like, I don't know. I've always, like, I've been this weird kid my whole life. But, you know, I, I guess my advice from that is stop putting yourselves in boxes because real success and, and real accomplishment isn't bound by a box, you know? And once you start to go outside that and realize that, you don't have to limit yourself. You can achieve so much more. I love that. Wow, what a great answer. 
See, I didn't even prep you for that. I, just, I like to throw that in just to see what people say. That's years of media <laughs> training, my friend. No, <laughs> it's not. You, there, that was no, from the I'm heart. That was something. from the heart. I could tell, Dr. Bill, there, you, know, you, were, no. you, were, you were reflecting then. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it is from the heart, but it's not easy to convey things like that without learning how to do it, you know, especially men. We're super stupid at this kind of stuff. You know, I have three daughters. From the time they were two years old, they could express all their feelings. I'm like, what do you mean for your feelings? You're two, you're three, you can't have feelings. Like, I didn't even know what feelings were. I grew up with four brothers. If you didn't like something, you just punched them. Who talked about feelings? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that was like a whole new uh. concept. But yeah, either way, however, however you got it, the, 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 the learning, the thing I love to get out of people, don't put yourself in a box. That's a great insight, right? I always say one insight can change everything. And most people put themselves in these self-limiting beliefs, these boxes. And to kind of go back to obviously what your mission is around LEAP, I take it a lot of that is, is, is probably exactly what you just said there, is you know, not stereotyping, you know, giving people the, um, the ability to realize that they can do more and be more. So, totally. Uh, you know, within the first half hour of leap, I think most kids have their first huge epiphany, and it's this. I always tell them, when you woke up this morning, whether you think you did this or not, you did it. We all do it. You put a number on your head. One's the lowest and ten's the highest. I said, how many of you woke up this morning and did not feel like a ten? And these kids will raise their hand. And I said, who picked the number? You. You didn't have to take a test. You didn't have to qualify. You didn't have to pay anything. Why would you pick anything less than a 10? I said, wipe it off. Put a 10 on your head. And I don't want you to just put it there. I want you to walk like a 10. I want you to talk like a 10. I want you to be a 10. But most importantly, surround yourself with other kids that are 10. Because if you're trying to be a 10 and all your friends are twos, it's not going to happen. And that's a real epiphany for some kids to realize that maybe some of the people they're hanging out with aren't the best people to be hanging out with. Love it. I've, I've often said that, um, you know, this, what is it, the famous saying, you're the sum average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah, and I say that's wrong. You're the average of everybody you spend time with. So I always tell them, you know, the old saying, birds of a feather flock together. Be careful who you flock with. <laughs> uh, on that note, you've been generous with your time, Dr. Bill. So thank you, sir. Thanks for coming on. We've talked about six packs. We've talked about leap. We've talked about entrepreneurship. You've said that I've got the best teeth out of all these amazing stars, including my icon, Hugh Jackman. So you are a gentleman. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being with me and thank you for having me on your show. No problem at all. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much, Dr. Bill. Thank you. So there you have it. That was Dr. Bill. Quite a story. Hey, I, the one thing that I leave still puzzled with, and I think I get a lot done, but this guy gets a lot done, a heap done. You know, not only is he physically fit, he's got different interests across stuff and business. He's obviously working with high profile people all the time. But a very unassuming guy, very humble guy, and it was a great conversation. 
So that's it for this week. Thank you once again. Uh, just another shout out. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. It really helps what I'm doing. Uh, please leave a review as well if I, if you're getting value from this. And, you know, if you're not getting value and you want to give me feedback, you can leave that kind of review as well. I'm cool. I'm open to all of it. But uh, as I said, if you're getting value from the show, I like to hear it and it keeps me doing what I'm doing, inspires me to continue helping. So thank you very much in advance for that. And as I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. Thank you.